Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful that the Lord has carried me all these years. I went to the room the other night, and as I got there, I just couldn't help but immediately see my children running through that hall, bouncing off the walls, opening the door to the deck to look at the ocean, and I stood there and wept. And I thought, dear Lord, where did the time go? I miss them so, so much. Your life may have a lot of noise in it right now, but I promise you that will not compare to the silence that you'll face one day. Be grateful for who you are, where you are, with what you have, with who you have in your life. Life's filled with challenges. I am telling you, so many. I thought about it. I jotted down a few things this week. There's a point in life where it takes more courage to live than to die. There's a point to where you recognize in yourself that your complaining is a weakness in yourself. There's a point to where your greatest challenge in life will simply be to trust God. That's going to be your greatest challenge, to trust God. We're all human. We all have our challenges. We all have areas of our life that God is highlighting, bringing to the surface with the fiery trials of affliction the dross of pride and self-will, it's in us all. And God wants us to see that so that that can be called from our lives, purified from our lives. I shall come forth as gold when he's tried me and purified me. That's what God wants us to see. And there is something about getting along with God and not only seeing the Lord, but the Lord showing us ourselves. Here we are in need of a real reflection, a true reflection, the mirror of God's word to show us our own heart and where we are before God. Someone said it this way, it's becoming easier and easier to be social, but exceptional people are built in solitude. There's a time where you embrace the silence of life so that you can hear that still, small voice of God speaking, whispering to your heart. And God wants us to trust him today. God wants us to understand that when it's all said and done, as I preached last Sunday morning, you matter to God. You matter to God God has placed you here in this life 
who you are, where you are for such a time as this. And God wants you to see your value in him and not only being made in his image, but being redeemed by the blood and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has a great, great value upon us from his heart to ours. May we look to him. We talked last time about this one Samuel and how he came to be and how God was working in his life to not only show himself strong, but through him to show us so many life lessons that we need to learn. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me back to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 1. We talked last time about how God can take our curse and turn it into a blessing. If we're not careful, the adversary, we will allow him to take our blessing and turn it into a curse. We don't understand that. When the veil of God's blessing and opportunity opens, the adversary works to counter that, to put it in a different context in our thinking. If he can talk it down, at some point he can talk us out of it. There are certain things in life that he cannot take from us. We must choose Willingly choose to surrender it and give it up ourselves. So be careful. If the adversary is accusing you, talking things down, oh, he's trying to talk you out of what God has for you. And sometimes the, the stronger he works in opposition, the louder he speaks to talk things down to you, there's a point to where you realize, hey, God has something for me and mine that I refuse to allow the adversary to talk me out of. I'm going to turn that around and I'm going to let that motivate me to seek God more earnestly, more diligently in a surrendered way that says, Lord, here's my life. Take it and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Last time we talked about the taunting of Penina, the tension of Eli, and the trust of Hannah. And here was Hannah, this one who was barren. Her husband, Elkanah, was a godly man. He went to the house of the Lord as was commanded to present himself three times a year. And, and his family, as they were there, they were offering up offerings to the Lord and and here, when you think about what God was doing in this man's life, perhaps he had taken the thought of that, my wife is barren to continue my name and my family, my heritage. I must have an heir. So he took unto himself Penina. God never excuses or justifies that. But that's the trouble we get into when we lean to our own understanding and fail to trust God fully. God had a son and more children for Elkanah through Hannah in time to come. But he got impatient like so many do, like Abraham and Sarah. How could this be? It must be this is the way God's going to do it. Be careful when you're in that time. Well, it must be this is the way. Make sure you have the mind of God. Don't lean to your own understanding. Look to the Lord. Lean on him and trust him. Remember, 
Benina became an adversary, according to chapter 1 and verse 6, to Hannah. She provoked her. She troubled her. She vexed her. She grieved her is the fault there. And uh, then Hannah was asked of her husband in verse 8, Why is thy heart grieved, broken up? Why are you so brokenhearted? Now remember this. This is a man fearing God, reverencing God, going to the house of God, obeying God. But Eli and his two boys, Hophni and Phinehas, were not honoring the Lord. And it's a picture of how we can honor God and God will honor us. Even if others around us, even in his house, are not honoring him altogether as they should. We're not bound by the actions and the decisions of others. Our decisions determine the outcome of our lives. But as she grappled with these things, the Bible says in verse number 10 that she was in bitterness of soul. The thought there is she was just anxious and and unsettled, even to the point of aggravated and angry. Why me? What's wrong with me? Remember her adversary? Well, what's your problem? You, You can't have children. I mean, God must... There must be something in your life or in your past or in your family. The the tauntings, can you imagine that? No wonder she was so grieved and so uh, frustrated and aggravated. The Bible talks about provoking one another to love and to good works, but yet some people have a good ability, it seems, to provoke people otherwise, to aggravation, to frustration, to unbelief, to exasperation. The Bible says that she was at a point to where she just simply had to pour her heart out to God in verse 15. And the thought there is to just spill it all out, to to gush forth like the dam would break forth. And it's like, Lord, I just got to give it all to you. I got to tell you all about it. I can't carry this anymore. I've carried it long enough. Now, Penina could have been a friend. Could have been someone that said, uh, uh, my heart goes out to you. Can I help you? Uh, Can I just uh, be with you in this? She could have been there for her, but she taunted her instead. And I ask you again this morning, who is God putting your path? Rather than encouraging them, you're taunting them. Eli, even in his self-righteousness, Think about it. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And Eli, when he first saw her praying and and he couldn't hear her, she was just moving her lips with no volume there. He thought maybe she was drunk. It's amazing how people who should be right with God and and, uh, we think oftentimes they're in the position to represent God, but they do not. In his self-righteousness, he was judgmental and condemning of her like something, what is your problem? I want you to write some things down this morning and I want you to consider this as I build upon this into chapter 2. What is your problem? (laughs) I want to tell you, we all have problems. I want you to write that down. Number one, we all have problems. There may be someone in your life you're aggravated with, frustrated with because of their problems. Be careful just aggravating them and and really uh, confounding them and frustrating them further by just talking to them like, well, you shouldn't have any problems. 
If you didn't have any problems, I wouldn't have to deal with you. And the fact that you do have problems means there's something wrong with you. Let's be careful about that attitude and that kind of spirit because you know what? The fact is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have problems. And if you think that you're in a position right now to taunt someone else because of their problems and because of the circumstance God has allowed them to be in, be careful because things in in life change. Just as quickly as God can turn their situation around, your situation can turn in your disadvantage. Well, I've got it good right now. I'm getting along well. Everything's fine. And, and, uh, and I just don't know what's wrong with some of these other people. Hey, be careful having that kind of spirit. We all have problems. Taunters eventually become the taunted Albert Einstein said, stay away from negative people. They have a problem for every solution. Some people, they never see the good. They don't live by faith. They're proud. They're self-righteous. They're condescending. They're filled with accusation toward others. Others do not measure up to themselves or to their standard or their expectation. And so when someone is up against it, they're thinking, I wonder what they did wrong. I wonder what's in them that God would allow them to go through what they're going through. I'll tell you what, that is not of God. That spirit that just says, well, it must be something wrong that has brought this on in their lives. Was that not the very lesson God wanted us to learn from the so-called friends of Job? God allowed all this trouble and trial in his life not because he was full of sin or there was some hidden fault in his life that he was trying to knowingly cover. No, God wanted us to learn the lesson that sometimes those who have a heart for God and trying to do right, sometimes the righteous do suffer while the unrighteous, it seems, for a time get by. They're doing well. Here, I'm trying to do right, and I'm losing ground. They're doing wrong, and there's everything in life is coming together, it seems, for them. Oh, we better be careful when we're troubling, when we're troubled or going through troubles, to make sure our eyes are not on other people. Because it'll never make sense in this life. You'll never be able to figure out why is this and why is that? Why did this person go through this and why did this person face this? And you, you don't know that. None of us know that. That's why we have to learn to lean on the Lord and trust the Lord. But it comes down to it. We've got to understand that we all have problems. We often judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Think about that. Therefore, elevating the view of ourselves like I am in the position to judge because I know my heart, I know I mean well, but look at what they did. Look what's going on in their lives. Oh, be careful comparing yourselves among yourselves. You're not wise, the Apostle Paul said. We all have problems. You can see how God... Turned this thing around for Hannah. God remembered her. The Bible says in verse 19, she gave birth to a child, Samuel, asked of God. 
ask and you shall receive. She asked God for a child, for a little boy. Lord, as long as he lives, he shall be lent, given to you, Lord. I'll dedicate him to your service all of his days. And God answered her prayer. Into chapter 2 here, the Bible says that Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. There it is. You got problems, we all have them. You can't rejoice in the problems, but you can still rejoice in the Lord. My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Uh, mine horn is exalted in the Lord. The uh, expression here, my horn is exalted in the Lord, has a thought of strength and power. God has strengthened me. It has a thought of praise. It has a thought of being lifted up. The Lord has strengthened me with his might within as well as without. He's turned my circumstance all around. It says my mouth is enlarged over my enemies. In other words, now I can answer their reproach. I was at a point to where all I could do was bear it. There's nothing I could say. I didn't know what God was doing. When people would say, what's your problem? I would say the same thing. What's my problem? Why? Me, Lord. But now I can answer them that God allowed this. God actually brought me to a place of such desperation that I cried out to him, and when I did, he heard me. Wow, look what he's done. He's answered my prayer. He's given me this child. And it says, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord. There it is again. Underline that. You see, that's what makes all the difference. That's who makes all the difference in your life, the Lord. It says, there is none holy as the Lord. There is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Rock is a picture of strength, stability. You can count on God. You can look to God. You can lean on God. When other things are changing, when other things are being washed away, as it were, there's a God who is stable. He's steady. He's steadfast. He's a rock of strength. And you can trust in him all the way through. Talk more, no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. Isn't that amazing? Here I was stumbling, staggering under the weight of my problem, my burden. And now God is stabilized and steadied me. He's given me fresh footing, fresh standing. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased. I want to tell you, you've got to be careful taunting other people. You think that you're going to have what you have right now? Health, job, money, forever? You think it can never happen to me. Others are, are hungry. I'm not hungry. I, I've got, I'm full to overflowing. Others have health problems. I don't have health problems. You know, I must be God's pet. I've heard people talk like that. The pride of that. It says, so that the barren have borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble, God blessed Hannah. She not only had Samuel, but more children than Penina. 
She was either not able to have more children, but Jewish tradition says for every one child that Hannah bore, Penina buried two. I'm telling you, friend, this taunting of the people, oh, they're down and they've got their reason for being down and I heard this about them and they made this mistake and they stumbled. Well, God can pick them up and give them steadiness, give them footing, and here you are stumbling. Here you are struggling. Here you are all of a sudden, your job is gone. You've been there for how many years and all of a sudden they say, hey, times are tight, things are tough. Thanks. See you around. Well, I'll tell you, no wonder we ought to walk humbly before the Lord. Because it says here in verse 6, the Lord, there it is again, underline that, the Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. Think about that, verse 9. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail. It's not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the Lord. It's not in our human strength, our knowledge, our preparation, our application our education, all the things that we can look to and say, well, I've worked hard, I've applied myself, so I'm kind of getting what I've deserved. Be careful. Don't forget that everything you have comes from God, Deuteronomy 8 says. When the people get into the land, remind them that it's me, God, who gave them the power to get wealth. That word power is the ability, the capacity, the wherewithal. God gave you your mind. God gave you your opportunity. God opened the door for you, for your education, for your job. God gave you the measure of health that you have right now. It all comes from the hand of God. Don't ever lose sight of that and think, hey, I'm good. I can get an attitude. I can kind of drift. I can kind of wander away from God. I can be condescending toward others instead of compassionate. May God speak to us. We all have problems. Galatians 5, 7 asks the question, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Don't let someone else who has problems like you do. If not now, in time to come, they will. Don't let them intimidate you. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Number two, we're at the mercy of God and not man. I'm glad Hannah realized that she wasn't at the mercy of Penina. These people taunt me. They, they talk things down. They've convinced me that I'm of no worth, of no value. Be careful. Don't believe that. Because there are people who are like that in this world. I remember when I was a boy being taunted by some neighborhood children that I didn't have a dad in the home. They're riding their bicycles circling us. We have a daddy. You don't have a daddy. We have a daddy. You don't have a daddy. I can, I can see them right now circling on their bikes. Did that cut me as a young boy? It did. It did. Because that was what I was living with. 
at that juncture. But you know what? I've lived long enough to see some of those same kids who grew up and the Lord only knows the problems, the burdens, the sorrows that they faced. Now I'm telling you, you can have an attitude all you want. You can act like you're something, you're somebody, and everything rises and falls with you. You're the authority. You know why people are doing what they're doing, why they're facing what they're facing. You can have that spirit. You say, well, I don't mean, but you know what? Sometimes that's the way you talk. Listen to yourself talk. Listen to the way you chime in on things. Listen to your comments about people and what they're going through. Do you ever say, we need to pray for them? You know, God's laid them on my heart. I wonder, is there a way we could do something for them? If we did this or that, would you help me? You rarely hear some talk like that. It's a quick way to dismiss people in our responsibility to reach out to them and help them by putting in the context of, well, you know what is going on there. You know why this and thus and such. God help us. We all have problems. We all have problems. Thank God we're at his mercy and not that of man's. See, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, that's what made the difference. She went to the house of God and prayed. Don't quit church because you're struggling. Don't say, well, I just don't, I don't feel a part of that. See, it's not about the church. It's not about even the pastor, Eli, as it were. It's not about other people and where they are or not with God like Hophni and Phinehas. It's a place set aside where you can go and hear the word of God and have your faith increase so you can cry out to the God of heaven and put your trust in him and not in man because man will fail. Man will disappoint. Man will always come up short at some point. Every refuge of this world at some juncture of life will fail you. But God... He'll never fail. Praise his holy name. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, we're at his mercy. See, she looked to the Lord. She was taunted. On, on the way to, to the house of God, she was being taunted again and again. She could have said, well, I'm going home. I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm tired of this. Seemed like sometimes the closer you get to church, the more the devil works. Isn't that right? You got to make up your mind. He's trying to hold me back from a blessing. And I refuse to listen to his voice over God's. Then you get there and you see a person that may be this or that or the other. Or you may feel slighted or you may feel like they didn't speak to you intentionally. I, I don't know the dynamic or what you may be carrying within your heart. But I want to tell you this. It's not about who's here and who's not here and what they think or don't think. It's about the fact that God meets with his people when they gather in his name. If you could just get a hold of God by faith, God will hear your cry. Thank God he will hear your cry. I read with wonder about a man named Stephen Paddock. Anybody recognize that name, Stephen Paddock? Five years ago yesterday, he shot and killed 60 people in Las Vegas. 58 on site, two died later at the hospital. To this day, they're still trying to pinpoint a motive. 
and there's so many things that swirl around something like that. This article that I read yesterday highlighted just a couple things. It talked about, his stepbrother did, that he was an individual that needed to be seen as important and needed to be catered to. That's just the way he came off to his brother-in-law. I thought that was interesting. A retired police officer named Ashton Pack believed that people in Las Vegas saw in this man, one who is evil, something horrific, shooting people from a distance so he didn't have to see them up close and in person and the consequences of his actions. I thought, whoa. Boy, I met some people like that. They'll never get up close and help somebody, but at a distance. They'll shoot at them with their tongue. Now get this. This officer said all of their study, and I mean thousands of interviews and video clips and so many things, they called through his everything he owned. Said, really, here's our conclusion. Here's a man who is angry. Angry at a hotel, angry at a perceived injustice, a grievance collector. Write that down. A grievance collector. That's especially what this guy was. He was a classic grievance collector. I'm a victim. Poor me. Someone must pay. And so I think most Las Vegans, he says, understand that. The investigation was done, and what we found was just the axis of an evil man. I ask you this morning, are you a grievance collector? Are you a victim? You can dish it out, but boy, if it ever starts coming back to you, you're just waiting to take vengeance, to get even, to strike out. I'll tell you, that's no way to live. That's where a lot of people are in life. And the world is taught that the only way you can deal with your grievances is by violently getting even. Do you see the violence that is rising in our country? It's amazing. There is a way you can deal with your grievance and it's forgiveness by faith in the Lord giving it to God and moving forward with your life. And then lastly, number one, we all have problems. Number two, we're at the mercy of God and not man. God makes the difference. Be careful when you're thinking, I'm just, it's just my lot in life. I, I just can't win for losing. Uh, nobody believes in me. Nobody cares about me. And if they don't care about me, I don't care about them. Hey, you better be careful. When that starts welling up within you, that's when you need to get along with God and cry out to God, God help me. Lord, you can make the difference. You can tender my heart. You can forgive my heart. You can keep me from hardening my heart. Number three, we all have a choice. You have a choice. I have a choice. You're either going to harden yourself or humble yourself. You're either going to respond in unbelief or in faith. You're either going to trust God that he is all merciful or you're just going to carry 
that grievance all your days. I want to trust God, don't you? And by the way, let, let's not act like we're super uh, sanctimonious people here and none of us grapple with this. This is where we live in the troubles and trials of life if we're not careful. Especially if they wear on you and wear you down and just about wear you out over a period of time. No one else may see it. No one else may know it. But God knows it and you know it. That's why you have to get along with God. Don't leave God out of the equation of your life. Oh, look to the Lord. You have a choice to either draw nigh to God or harden yourself and turn aside. Job asked the question, who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered? I know not any. You won't prosper. It won't be the best decision you've ever made in your life to just be done with those people or that in my life and to walk away from the Lord down your own path. Oh, may God speak to us. Never underestimate the blessing, the blessed gift of the power of choice that God has given you. Never underestimate that. I have a choice. I don't have to follow my passion, my anger, my grievance, my frustration. I don't have to let my emotions dictate to me my response. There's a point here to where I have to gather myself and humble myself before the Lord and say, God, help me. And here's the good news. God will. Because there's a God in heaven who can turn it around. Isn't that wonderful? That's the principle that you learn here from this passage. What does it say here? The bows of the mighty men are broken and they that stumbled are girded with strength. God's turned this thing around. It's amazing how God intervenes here and makes all the difference. If he did it for Hannah, he can do it for you and me. Aren't you glad for that? I remember studying this passage years ago. And as I studied this about her praise here, she was praising the giver. Every stream of blessing in life should lead us to the fountain, to the source of the giver himself. She's praising God for the blessings that flow from him and how God made all the difference. One writer said, victory turns in favor of that side given up for gone. Isaiah 33, 23 says, the lame take the prey. Wow, what a great truth. Oh, the blessings of life, they can ebb and flow, they can come and go, but the blesser remains. We have a great God today. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm not great. I'm so insufficient. I get so aggravated with myself. Does anybody ever get aggravated with yourself? Does anybody ever get aggravated with someone else? Just be honest. I know. You know, I know. Don't look at each other. Don't look at the person, you know, when you're raising your hand. You know who they are, and they probably know who they are. But anyway, right? We all get aggravated. But I want you to think of this, and I'll close. A little poem I wrote 
sometime back. Who is God using to bring you low today? Perhaps it's a proud Penina to taunt you along the way. How about a jealous Haman plotting to hang you out to dry or a disloyal Absalom cursing you like a Shimei? It could be a business Potiphar with all her accusing strife. Maybe it's a self-willed pasture terrorizing your life. Remember how God used Pharaoh to afflict his own? He was getting them ready to be a new nation strong. Job was a fading light in the eyes of those not distressed. Yet his latter end, more than his beginning, was blessed. They wagged their heads at the forsaken Christ on the tree, but through weakness he secured the greatest victory. Sometimes it does get worse before it gets better, so if you must lighten your ship and let her drive, let her. The clouds of opposition carry the reins of opportunity. The blessing is on the way, so pray with importunity. Just ask Hannah, Mordecai, David, Joseph, or Jeremiah about their crown, and they will surely say, no matter how hard it gets, God can turn it around. We serve the God who can turn it around, no matter what it is. And all of God's people said. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.